0: This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier, Premier Chelsea. Chels. Hello, Chelsea fans, and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Kevin Young from CBS. Kevin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? You know, pleasure to be here. Um, up the
0: chelsea, you know. So as you can hear, he's not just a producer for CBS, he's a big Chelsea fan. And for those who may watch it on YouTube, you've got the newest kit on today, my friend.
1: Yes, sir. You know, I'm <laughs> trying to style a little bit. I really wanted the patch, you Yep. know. One of the rare opportunities to, you know, get the patch on the jersey. So I had to get this kit.
0: I felt that when you said rare opportunity, because I know what it's like <laughs> these days as a Chelsea fan. But no, all jokes aside, Kevin, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, maybe why you're a Chelsea fan?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I came up from humble beginnings, grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. For those who might know about it, um, Tim Reed from Fulham actually is from St. Louis. So there's a little connection there. Cool. Yeah, just um, grew up, like in the game, I would probably say like around the 2010 World Cup. Okay. And I really locked into soccer and like I, I started really watching it heavily. Um it was one player on the French squad. I just I just liked how he played like so nonchalantly and like he still was scoring goals. And that just happened to be like Nicholas Anelka.
0: There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like I you know, I went up on you know Google, tried to find out okay, what team does Nicholas Anelka play for regularly? And it said Chelsea. So I was like, all right, let me just straight away watch the first Chelsea game. My first Chelsea match, this uh this dude, this striker named DDA Drogba scores a hat trick. And I'm like, who is this guy? So I would say my um my fandom with Chelsea started in like uh 2010. Yep. But it didn't uh solidify until a few years later, Chelsea had a match against Man City in St. Louis. Um I couldn't get tickets to the game and saw that in like 30 minutes. But um I went downtown anyway just to like be around just the whole yeah. environment and stuff. I meet some British guy. He says, Well, if you don't know, Chelsea stays at the four seasons in any city and stay in. So I'm like, Oh, well, all right, cool. <laughs> go to the uh four seasons, you know, downtown. I see the whole coaching staff in the in the lobby. I'm like, Oh crap, like this is crazy. So I walk up to one of the coaches. This was like Rafa Benitez staff at the time. So like, shout out to Rafa. Yeah. Um the guy like checked me up and down. I told him my situation. <laughs> He was like, go to floor five. We stand on floor five. Wow. So, <laughs> I go up to floor five. And you know, like the four seasons is crazy. Like they got like a reception on like, every floor. Like yeah. It's weird. But like so I go up to floor five, the um the lobby area. I just see Predicek just chilling in the corner <laughs> reading newspaper. So I'm like, oh man, this is this is crazy. So I go up to Pedichek, introduce myself, and he's like, Oh man, like let's get a picture, let's get a picture. So I got a picture with him and and I was I would say like that moment I was like, Yeah, Chelsea, like this my really my club for real. And like, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Kevin, Rahul and I have done this for the last two plus years. We've interviewed a lot of people, but I gotta say, that is such a unique and amazing story because a lot of the Chelsea fans we talked to, it's oh yeah, I came here because of Didier Drogba. I came here because of John Terry or Frank Lampard. But for you to come because of Nicholas Anelka, who by the way doesn't get a lot of love for yeah. what he did for Chelsea, and he was absolutely amazing, but you top it up with that story where you're allowed up to the fifth floor and you're just hanging out with Petr Cech. I'm a little jealous right now, man. It's like that was a great experience there. But that might be a great memory. Do you have any other Chelsea memories, maybe like with a trophy or a Champions League final? A lot of people like that. But is that your favorite memory then?
1: I would say definitely about four. That was my favorite memory. Um, Watching them win the Champions League against Bayern Munich, that was a yeah. crazy, crazy <laughs> occasion. I just remember, like, you know, I was in high school at the time. So yeah. my parents let us go to like the bar down the street and we're just watching next to this Tottenham guy. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like happy. But in the end, he was like, you know what, man, Chelsea's going to win. I just couldn't believe him. Yeah. And boom, the drove ahead of happens. And I was just like, remember being in like complete euphoria. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's a good memory. Um, Going to see him in uh in uh New England recently, about like a couple of years ago. That was the uh the game where Ruben lost his cheek, messed his Achilles up. I was Yeah, up. Rahul
0: and I were there. Maybe we ran into each other, we just didn't recognize each other. At maybe, that time. yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: you know, we was probably sitting next to each other, but you yeah. know, that was a that was a good memory for sure. Um, I haven't really well recently last year, I got to, you know, do my stadium tour and I was the yeah. closest I got to the uh the UCL trophies and stuff, but you know. I would say those are my my, my standout favorite Chelsea
0: moments for sure. No, look, that's brilliant. And honestly, I'm listening here and thinking about a lot of us support Chelsea across the United States. And it's just beautiful that we've been to similar games. We've been in the same area. We've crossed paths maybe, but that's what brings us Chelsea fans together is bringing Chelsea in front of us and getting to enjoy it. I'll turn it over to Rahul here. He's been sitting in the wings like Anelka used to play on the wings for us. But Rahul, I'll bring you in to talk to Kevin a little bit here.
2: I was really enjoying the conversation and just listening to Kevin speak about how it all started and, you know, how it brought him to today, I guess, uh, a few years down the line. But uh, welcome, Kevin. I I want to shift gears a little bit and, you know, get into your background and uh, being a producer and working at CBS. So, uh Talk to me a little bit about, you know, a day in the life of of being a producer and on match day, you know, what time do you start? I know typically you cover the Serie A, but also the Champions League. And actually you said all the UEFA tournaments, so some are midweek, some are on the weekends. Uh, Just to give us, you know, for people like Jackie and I, we we just watch the games, but for you it's a whole different experience. So just want to learn a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so um, I've been with CBS probably about a little bit over – about two-ish years, you know, doing all the UFA competitions, Serie A has been a good success. Um, A typical day, all right, so let's say it's Monday, we have a show on um Thursday, we would have our, you know, production meeting and uh, people would, you know, delve out their different ideas that they want to pursue, we would get our assignments, then after that is uh, from a graphic standpoint, because, you know, right now I'm currently in a graphics area, but you know, they, they empower us to, you know, come up with ideas for all types of uh, uh, production. But um in the graphics field, I would, you know, do my research, get my own statistics together and try to come up with, um you know, different graphics that we can uh, show to, you know, tell the story of, you know, I don't know, to tell the story of uh Mikhail Mudricks like, uh, success in, in the UCL and what he brings to that team or, like, you know, there's different other players, um, you know, just to tell the different narratives. Um, I know with the Champions League, we uh, we have another team in London that helps us out, you know, doing stuff, so we collaborate with them. I would tell them, you know, this is the type of uh, graphics we kind of want to roll with this weekend, and they they cook something up, and, you know, we, we try to collaborate and come up with the right, you know, ending point, you know, the right um, finalized product for you guys to see, you know, so – what I do like about our productions are um, we like to have fun. Like it's not like it's it's not like a typical sit down. You know, certain tie. we're gonna give you the numbers, but like and give you the game, and that's it. But like I feel like you know what we're doing is we're making entertainment. Like we're, we're teaching you stuff, but we're also doing it from an entertainment standpoint. And I think that's a a reason why we're doing so good right now. Yeah, so,
2: no, and. And I, I completely understand because you watch the the Champions League at least I watch the Champions League a little bit more than the the Serie A, uh, but the chemistry between Micah Richards, Jamie Carragher, Henri, and Kate Abdo kind of keeping them all all you know contained in in the sense that they don't all run loose. But it's entertainment. It's not just we're going to talk about the game and you know criticize players. Hearing Henri talk about his experience, you know, on the on the pitch, but also being a manager. It's, it's actually fascinating. And I think you know you see a lot of the clips on, on like Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and I I totally agree with you. I think it's it's actually very, very interesting to the way you guys are doing it. And uh, you know, Jackie and I, we we end up saying, okay, we gotta wake up at whatever 6 a.m. to watch a game for the at least the Premier League or the Champions League. We gotta tune in on our phones. But for you, it's really starting three, four days prior uh, yeah. and leading up to that. So uh yeah. it's definitely interesting to to hear that perspective. Um Favorite Italian team or, I guess, favorite team apart from Chelsea that, you know, you've been covering for the last few years?
1: Man, that's a great question. Um, from a Serie A standpoint, I want to say I really like Sassuolo. You know, it's nice. a mid-table side. Um, they get a lot of, uh, you know, they, they they work with their players. They make them good. Then they kind of sell them on. Um, but, yeah, I think they, they play tough football. Um I don't know, they're kind of fun to see, frustrating at times, but they're fun to watch. Um another serie a team, I mean, I mean, enter, enter, they play some good football when they're on it. I mean, we're recording today, I don't know when this is coming out, but like the Copa today, like they just ripped AC Milan to shreds and like yeah. You know, when they're on their day, they can be like the class of the Serie A, you know. Um Napoli's having a great year. It's just fun to see Napoli. Kicking on and uh, that dude, uh, uh man, he's he's fun to watch. <sighs> you know, everybody talks about Osman, and you know he's getting some of the headlines too. But he just gives me like that. Give me the ball, get out the way vibes. Like you know that we we like to see our in our wingers and attackers. So yeah, he's been a joy to cover and watch weekend we go.
2: So would that be one maybe you'd like to see in a Chelsea kit, especially since we're signing basically everyone.
1: Um. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see because, you know, this is his first year in Syria. I, I kind of want to see him, you know, with a little bit more body of work. I mean, the Liverpool game, I mean, they destroyed Liverpool. He, and he had his way with, with Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, <laughs> I mean, that was an indicator of what he could do in England. And, I mean, let's sign him up today. But I think we just got to see him a little bit longer before I pull the trigger. Um, Ocean Man, Ocean Man will be fun in um in a Chelsea uniform. Um I think of somebody else. I mean obviously I would my my pick would be Raphael Leao. I mean that would be amazing. That's a good one. <laughs> um, he's like he's like I like Kelly and Layout are like similar to like their playing styles, but Layout now has that body of work where you can say like, hey yeah, maybe he can try this league. Whereas uh, you know Kavari, he was coming from Georgia, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, and and uh, Rafael Leao has a friendship with Rhys James, and Rhys James seems to be working behind the scenes when when he's out on the pitch recruiting some guys. So uh, hopefully he can pull him over. And I know Todd Boley ends up listening to some Chelsea conversation. So uh, Todd, if you're listening, uh, Kevin's giving you a little bit of a scouting report from Syria, and hopefully Thank you'll you. you'll you'll act upon it. Uh, Kevin, I just have one more question before I move on, and you brought up Inter. Uh, and I'd like to hear how our our very good friend, Romelu Lukaku, actually not friend, I'm just kidding. How is he doing? How is he getting along? And do you think we'll get some money back on him in the summer?
1: My guess, if I can if I can say something today, my guess is uh, Lukaku will be a Chelsea player um, July 1st. Um, he's just, this just has to be like last year was bad with, with Chelsea. But like this year, it's like, I mean, he's taking a holiday out there in Milan. Like he's not really playing for real. I think the last time I can remember him scoring was in the Champions League, like that last match day. when it was like, I mean, the goal he took, I mean, that was, that's the Lukaku you want to see, you know, week in, week out. But it's just like the fact that he's just, he hasn't been uh just healthy, man. You know, the, the fans haven't been able to see him. I know that the the owner or whatever, the, the young guy, you know, he's, he's pretty charismatic, so he's not liking what's going on right now. But I don't know. You know, if Champions League come back around, they're still in it. You know, if he comes back and he's he's focused and he's he's blocking out the distractions. I mean, I still think it's a player in there. And I honestly would like to see Graham Potter um kind of work with him because the issue is with Thomas Tuchel. I mean, he's out the door now. It's it's over. So, could there be a way that he apologizes to the Chelsea fans and just get on and just do his work? Because that's, that's in the end, that's all you got to do is just sit down and work, man.
2: Yeah, especially after the last year especially this year like you're saying he's been in and out uh and he's not that old I think he just maybe turned 30. So he's still got a few good years in him. And Definitely. again, look I i think for Chelsea fans the the bridge was burnt last December or two years ago at this point. Uh but again it's it's a new start like you mentioned under Potter. And if he wants him and we need a goal scorer we'll see we'll see what you know,
1: happens. I'm glad we're talking about Lukaku because I want to say my piece <laughs> about this situation. I think when he came back in, you know, he had just won the league title. And and those guys, you know, having, they have won the Champions League you going into that team, but you haven't won a league title. And I think from a Lukaku standpoint, he was just trying to bring back some of the stuff that he was doing at Chelsea the first time around when he was on the Lampard and Drogba, like, let's do these drills or, like, you know, this side of the way it used to be, just to try to connect that, that old generation to that new generation. And I think, you know, those kids – they won the Champions League so young, like 21, 22. They're not trying to hear all of that. You know, this group 28, <laughs> you haven't done nothing in the Champions League, done nothing internationally. Yeah, you won the title in Italy, but they won England. And, like, I think there was some disconnect. And you could see it on the pitch. Like, there were opportunities where they could have played Lukaku in and, like, they would make that back pass. Or, like, Kai Havertz would pass it back to Mount, And, like. <laughs> You know, you watching at home, you frustrated because we got this one hundred million dollar striker. He's on form, like he wants to come back and playing for Chelsea. This is his club. He signed out of high school. He went to Chelsea out of high school, and it's, it, it frustrated me that they couldn't get it going. But I think there's an opportunity for him to, to come back and make wrongs right.
2: Yeah, that, that's an interesting perspective because I think everyone kind of focused on. Lukaku and Tuco but you're right you know winning if, if I won the Champions League at 21 and someone 28 29 was trying to tell me what to do I'd be like where's your medal dude so uh, I think that's a that's a good perspective but let's move on to this weekend's game uh you know Chelsea Liverpool is usually like a, a top four even top of the table clash and this time around it's a mid-table clash and we're actually like fighting to see who's going to make it into ninth spot <laughs> um so Let's get into it, guys. Uh, Jackie, I'll come to you. Liverpool struggles. I mean, they made it to th- three finals last season, went to the last day fighting for the Premier League. So they had a, an exceptional season and in a different scenario could have made it historic. Uh, they come back around this time in and, and this season are, and are just struggling. And and it's maybe down to lack of refreshing in midfield. Saidi Omane leaves. What are your thoughts on on what's going on at Liverpool?
0: Yeah, I think it has to be a combination of things that are going on. I think maybe we underestimated how much Sadio Mane meant to that team in terms of firepower. He took a lot of the chances. He was a clinical finisher. Now a lot of the pressure coming on maybe Salah and Nunez has just not worked as far as a transfer. So far, I still think that may change. And honestly, you know, I look at it and maybe last season, the season before, I'd say, yeah, injuries don't derail your season. And now in a Chelsea (laughs) shirt, I'm like, yes, injuries derail your season. And they've had... Quite a few, especially when Virgil van Dijk is out, they cannot seem to defend. And that's not necessarily a whole Liverpool issue. It's maybe they've been used to him being that rock for so long that trying to find a way without him is going to be difficult.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a top, top defender for multiple seasons now. So when you take him out, you definitely feel a drop. Uh, Kevin, do you feel... I mean, everyone's talking about Klopp's seventh season, right? Everyone's saying... You know his message and the, maybe the communication has gotten old. Do you see that factoring in, or do you think this is simply they had an exceptional year and this is kind of a year where things are not just getting to that point where the expectations are just too high?
1: I I, I don't really want to believe in the seventh year itch thing that they like to talk about with Klopp. I still think he's a top of the line manager. Um, like you guys said earlier, injuries can like derail your season. I mean, Chelsea lost Conte. and they're a completely different team, in my opinion. Um, so losing Virgil van Dyke, where like, you know, he was injured, you know, a few seasons past. And, and when that happened, that killed their season too. So losing these vital players, I mean, it can, you know, alter the course for your, your plans in the season. Um, also, I feel like Liverpool is in the midst of a transition too. You know, they kind of revamped the attack. They kind of they need to work on the midfield now. That's what everybody's screaming about, like who, who they're gonna get in midfield. And, um, you know, I think some of the you know, center backs need to be rotated, too. Um, so, this season can be a wash. I think from a Chelsea perspective, this is the best time to play Liverpool. I think, we can actually, we have some sort of momentum and juice within the camp. I think they can kind of nick three points. You know, we might steal a goal or two, you know, against Liverpool this weekend. So, I think this is a, a good time to play them. Um, but, yeah, from a Liverpool perspective... You know, just kind of hope to get healthy, you know, pull up some kids from the academy. It was an academy kid, played good in in the last cup match. And, you know, just see what you guys got. Scrape the bowl and, and see if you can find another gym. And Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott, that's a baller. You know, he should, you know, get more minutes and uh see what he can do with his abilities too. Yeah,
2: ho- hopefully not this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah.
2: um uh, But no, I... I I agree with you. I think you know the the media and, and certain groups of fans tend to find a reason or something to blame it in this seventh year itch. Like a lot of people talk about Mourinho, and you know the fourth season or the third season is kind of where things fall apart. Um, so similar it's here the seventh season with club. But I think he said it. I think just the other day, I'll stay as long as you know the club wants me to stay and. Uh, I know the club behind the scenes are going through some changes in terms of selling and, and all of those things. So, and we know firsthand how a sale can impact, uh, you know, performances on the pitch. So uh, they're struggling, but I can't enjoy their struggles too much because we're struggling equally, or if not more, uh, Kevin, what have you made of Graham Potter and and him coming in? It's been four months now. I know we lost a month to, the World Cup, but he's had a, a good amount of time with these guys. Yes, most of them have been out, but what have you made of him? And do you think he deserves to see out the season and get another season?
1: Um, And I'm glad you said we had the World Cup because that's more time he had with the players. <laughs> I would say, first off, I would say uh, no other manager has had the amount of time to work with the team as Graham Potter, you know, since I've been watching it since 2010. Sorry to the you know the the longtime Chelsea loyalist. But uh he's had the Queen's death where well, there was a long period. He, he practiced with players in, in the World Cup, which is a full month. Um with that being said, to come into this Chelsea team and and you know your best players are out, Reese James in and out. You don't have an N'Golo Conte, which changes the team. Like I said earlier, um you have Wesley Fafana not really kicking off real injured you have these quality players that they haven't, you know, they've been injured. So you haven't really had time to gel and then really implement your system with the players that you plan to play with right now. It's it's just about like, he's working with guys coming up with the, from the Academy and new transfers coming in throwing them right into the lineup. And, you know, I think we should give him some time. I mean, it would be kind of drastic for us to fire him now. Uh, with, with all this going on, you know, uh, you look at like uh, what happened with Arsenal and Arteta, which I thought he should have got fired, but now like, <laughs> you know things are kind of turned around. You know we'll see how they close because they didn't close last year. We'll see how they close this year. But um, yeah, I think we should just give him some time. Although he did not, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't really win anything at Brighton. He just you know they they had a good record, they were nice on the table and stuff. Which I do say this all the time, like we're. We're hyping these Brighton players and, and things of that nature, but like they haven't really they haven't even won an FA Cup. You know, we we trying to anoint them as the best mid table team in England. But I don't know, maybe there we should we should pump our brakes a little bit, you know. I don't I don't know. It's just <laughs> but Grand Potter, yeah, he, he should he should get the year. Um I'll give him to next December and like let's see what we what we do with that.
2: And and I, I like that what you know you're saying. Yes, he's had time with everything that's gone on this season, you know, unfortunately the passing, but the world cup, but again, you, you kind of also touched on the fact that there have been a lot of injuries and uh, the maybe the core players that he wants to kind of train with and, and, and get them to implement his style just haven't been around. So yeah, I think giving him time, I mean, who like, yes, maybe we can go and get a Zinedine Zidane, but does he want to come here? Cause we're, we're, let's be honest. We're not at a point where, We're a well-oiled machine and everything behind the scenes is working. We're throwing in players, like you said. So I totally agree with you. I think let's just give him the time. Let's see what happens. Uh, And we take it from there. Jackie, currently set tenth, 28 points. The fourth team on the table is Newcastle, 38 points. we played the same number of games. So I'm going to go to Kevin, but I'll come to you first. Are we making top four, regardless of what happens this weekend?
0: It's going to be very tough. I think it's going to be very, very difficult. And honestly, as a Chelsea fan, I know, Kevin, you've come in since 2010. Rahul and I have been there since maybe 03. And we've seen a lot of success. And the toughest one, I think, was when we lost Jose Mourinho and we finished 10th. And honestly, losing a manager like that that had that stature kind of hurt. And so you're like, you know what? The season's a wash. Mentally, I've prepared for us not to finish in the top four. And I think it echoes some of the statements Kevin's making we are at a point in Chelsea where there's a lot of change. Things are happening. We want to be a different team. And we are seeing not only the problems of injuries and and managerial changes, but if you look at it, guys, we've signed players for different managers every 18 months. And so you've got players that came in for Conte, and then they came in for Sari, and then they signed some for Frank, and then now they signed some for Tuchel. And the Tuchel one was the most interesting because we signed 300 million worth for Tuchel. (laughs) And he was gone in a month. And Graham potter has got a couple now. We've got a, a team. So it will take time. It'll take some time to get some players out that don't fit Grand Potter's style. And I think that's what's going to happen. But I don't see us making top four. And if we don't win against Liverpool, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I think it's just it's a process and we're going to be here for
2: the ride. I'm going to say that this season. All right, Kevin, I'm going to ask that same question, but a little bit differently in some terms that you may prefer a week, what competition is Chelsea, UEFA competition Chelsea playing in that you'll be covering? Is it the Champions League, Europa League, or the Conference League?
1: I'll strongly say, I want to say Champions League, but I'll strongly say Europa League. I think they they
2: get to sixth, at least. And and whenever we play in that competition, we win it. So, or you know what? The... I'll, I'll do you better. And it
1: will make everybody in English football mad. Chelsea are going to get healthy around late February, early March, and then they'll win the Champions League, and they'll get the automatic, you know, qualification.
2: You you heard it here, folks. If if know. that happens, Jackie, check the check the odds for that. It, it might be worth putting down some money on it right now. I, I, I just need to put a dollar. That's all I need to put on there.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, hypothetically speaking, you know, uh, he takes his time back. We get past Dortmund in the UCL. There's a chance we might get an Ingolo Conte back the next round. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And and if he if he's Ingolo Conte, then I mean that's the best holding midfielder
0: in the world. And not only Ingolo Conte, I know Rhys James is training now. Ben Chilwell is training now. Fofana is set to come back. We still haven't seen Jao Felix and Mudrik and what they bring to the team. So I'm not getting excited, but I do <laughs> understand your point. It's it's one where a whole different eleven could show up for Chelsea at the end of February
1: and I mean it looks like nobody's going to from the attacking standpoint it looks like nobody's going to be leaving this right. uh this January so that's a plethora of attacking <laughs> options to just be like yeah let's let's take a swing at it see what happens yep.
2: that's a fair point just just play a, a left wing side and have all the attacking players on um but no all right i i, I want to find out from you guys i mean it's a must win game for both teams if they want to have any aspirations of making it more but does one need it more than the other and maybe for us we're going to be a little bit biased and say chelsea needs it but uh, i'm going to ask you to maybe just try to be a little more balanced jackie do you who do you think needs this more that's a very tough question to answer,
0: Holen. I, I think it's back to what I said earlier. If if we don't beat Liverpool, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. So in, in that res- retrospect, and I think maybe the three of us are more logical Chelsea fans here. A lot of Chelsea fans will scream and tell you, no, we need to win every game. But I kind of understand what's going on behind the scenes, what we're trying to build. If you're going to push me for an answer, I might say it's a more of a must-win for Liverpool. They're trying to figure themselves out. They've been just as inconsistent as we have, to be honest. And so with all the changes, with all of the issues that they have behind the scenes, with the injuries they have, maybe they need this one to kind of spur on and go from here. But from a Chelsea perspective, I think just we need to see good performances. I think that's what Chelsea fans are calling for. Win, lose, draw, at least if you see the heart out there, I think we can stomach whatever
2: the result is. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair assessment. Kevin, do you do you kind of feel the same way or do you think Chelsea just absolutely need to go out and get this done?
1: Yeah. Um it would be a nice statement for Chelsea to just come out there and just be Liverpool three oh. Um I, I would, you know, take that result. Uh I would take that result, period. I can't even formulate my words, but I feel like from uh, I think Liverpool I think Liverpool I think they need the um they need the results the most. They need the result. Um I feel like Klopp is a little bit on the on a hot seat, if you will, not hot seat, but he's lukewarm. You know, like you said, the new owners might be coming in and, and all this stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I think it would be cool for, for a clock to get the win, just, you know, to get the fans off him a little bit and, and stop this seven year itch stuff. But it would be nice to see Chelsea get two, two straight wins, you know, uh, get the new signing out there, give him some minutes. I don't think he should start. I think it's uh, a 20 minute, 25 minute type deal for him. And, um, and yeah, maybe next time we play Liverpool, we'll have both Felix and Mudrik out there ready to go. And uh, we can get them like a really, that'll probably be the 3 or 4-0 game that I'm <laughs> calling for. Um, well, but yeah, we need to finish higher than Liverpool. I think it's a very good possibility that we can, given the, the injuries and what they're going through right now.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good shot. And I'm going to come to the starting 11 predictions and score predictions. But before that, I'm just going to run through a couple of facts. Uh, Liverpool have lost just two of their last 15 Premier League games against Chelsea, winning six and drawing seven. Although one of those losses was at Anfield in March 2021 when Tuchel was in charge. Uh, The last two league games between these two sides, you'll remember last season, ended in draws. This fixture has never been drawn three consecutive games in a row. So uh, if the stats and the history was to be believed there is going to be a winner or a loser here, Uh, hopefully we'll end up on the right side. Uh, but let's jump into the starting eleven, guys, and and I think Mendy is still out, so Keppa kind of keeps his spot in there. Uh, but what are you doing? Is it a back four, Kevin? Jackie, is it a back three? We've seen. Uh, what do you think he's doing, Kevin?
1: Um, I think I think we're gonna do the back three thing again. Um, Badosio, um, Silva, probably Chiloba. I think that'll be a a, a decent back three. Um I really I really want to see Kulubali kick on you know some days he's he's world class other days he's kind of suspect which is surprising to me but um maybe it's just like a confidence issue he has to get uh, accustomed to England but um I haven't given up on him yet I mean he's, he's still Kulubali He could probably play a big role for us this season but uh and, yeah that's my back three
2: but, uh, and I like you brought that up because I know you obviously watched him a little bit closely last season uh, and he came in as a replacement for Rudiger. So I think the expectations immediately were higher. And yes, it takes time to adjust to the league. And I think once he's figured it out, gotten this season under his belt, next season, we will see the player that we, we thought we were getting. Jackie, are you in agreement with the back three? Yeah, I think, I think Potter doesn't
0: necessarily fancy, uh, Aspilicueta to play right back. And so either way, he's been playing this hybrid with Chaloba plays right back, but, Hall's been attacking a little more on the left then everybody slots into a three. So I think
2: that's perfectly fair, especially with Liverpool, you want that additional coverage. All right, then we move to the midfield. Jackie, who are you playing at at right back, right wing back and left wing
0: back? That's a very tough question. I think I can answer maybe left wing back a little easier. I think he might end up going for Kukurea. I think he might be the only fit person we have right now. I'm not sure how bad Lewis Hall's last injury was. So Kukurea there, Right wing back is really a toss-up. He might try to slide Hakeem Ziyech in there. I've seen him do that before, so it just depends who we've got fit, but it might be Hakeem Ziyech. Kevin,
2: you in agreement?
1: We we saw last game, you know, Ziyech was pretty decent in that position. You know, he's working hard, tracking back. It was. And then crosses, you know, and that could be a, a possibility for sure. Um, yeah, I could see Kukurea um, sliding in on the left side. Um, I really like I really like Lewis Hall's game. And for him to be 18, you know, for him to come in and look the way he's, he's looked, you know, it's, it's been awesome. I, he has to work on his finishing, though. He got to give a bench here <laughs> and work on his finishing because he probably could have altered uh, two or three fixtures, I believe, since he's came in um, if he just, you know, scored a goal or two. But I do like his game. Um, we'll see if he's ready. I, I think I would like to see Kukurea boss up and start against Liverpool and have a, a great uh, performance. Um midfield, we would go with uh, probably go with Kova again. And um I don't think Jorginho will start. I would like to see I don't know, I don't know, like Mason Mount plays with these these attacking like wing positions and keeps <laughs> up the field. I wanna just see him in the middle with Kovacic. You guys are taking turns running up the field, playing in passes. I would like to see Mason Mount there, but We'll see what the 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 Gaffer
0: does. I think you brought up a, a good point. By the way, a lot of Chelsea fans are calling for Mason Mount because of his energy to be more box to box and get back and cover. We kind of lose a little bit of energy when the managers stick him out on the wing. It's like he can do the job. He's Mason Mount, but it might be fun to see him in the middle of the park. But maybe a shout out for Conor Gallagher as well. I thought he was excellent in the last game.
1: Really was. He was he was tracking back and getting interceptions and driving up the pitch and making passes. So. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to hold down his position. You know, uh, Chelsea fans are so crazy. I've I've had fans <laughs> tell me that they're ready to sell kind of Gallagher and things of that <laughs> nature. And it's like, man, it's like this first full season back with the first yep. team. He's trying so hard to make a name for himself to stay in the team. You know, let him rock. You know, he's gonna he's gonna have his up and downs. He's he's a young player, yep. but yeah, if he can start against Liverpool next to uh, Kovacic, that would be fun. That'd be a good opportunity.
2: Yeah I, I tend to prefer Connor in that midfield but I know he struggled in the pivot especially with the back three but again his confidence is a little bit higher he's feeling good um so I, I definitely like to see him again I I I don't know if Jorginho could start too cuz we if we want to hold on to the ball a little bit better you know retain some possession knock it around uh, I know managers tend to prefer prefer Jorginho but uh we'll stick with Connor and and Kovacic which means Mason Mount is available for the front three Uh, Kevin, I was telling Jackie last game, I don't want to see Kai Havertz play as a forward. I'd rather him play with a forward and be in that kind of in behind a forward, floating around, doing his stuff, because he seems a little more comfortable with that. When he's leading the line, look, he scores goals, right, sometimes when he's leading the line. But when he's playing in that 10 position, he almost feels a little bit more free. He seems to, like, make late runs. And we we grew up watching Frank Lampard, who made late runs from midfield. And I'm not comparing Kai to Frank, but I think Kai has that kind of knack for getting in there in the last minute or or disguising like I'm just going to hang out here, but then make that run. So, do you want to see him play as a striker, or do you also kind of think that number ten position suits him better?
1: I mean, in my opinion, I really don't. It really doesn't matter what position he plays in within the front three. I think if that's the style of play he wants to play, he let allow him to do it. When Eden Hazard was at Chelsea, he was allowed to free roam, and you would see him on the right side of the pitch. You would see him play false nine and the left side. So, like, there's opportunity for Kai Havers to play like that. I think I want to see Kai Havers not play scared. I think when he goes on the field, he does too many back passes or – he, um, he misses passes, and, like, the only time you see fire in him is, is when somebody tackles him too hard and he gets <laughs> up and he wants to push, like, the guy and get in his face and stuff. But translate that energy into uh, bombing up the pitch and, and uh, making those forward passes, making longer shots, and uh, just being more more tenacious as an attacker. It doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter what position he plays in the front three. He can still play like that. So, Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good good shout. So we're putting Kai as part of that front three. Who takes up the other two positions, Jackie? What do you, is Mason Mount an automatic in for one of those? I think so. I think he's found a
0: way under the last three managers to become a fan favorite. He's not had the best season so far, and that's just us being honest as Chelsea fans that he he's shown us his levels, and so we expect from him. But given the injuries and fitness issues...
2: I think you'd struggle to find another person. So yeah, I think Mason Mount can slot in there. All right. And that leaves a striker position open, guys. Is it Aubameyang or Fofana with the pace maybe uh, that we can exploit Liverpool's high line? And honestly, I'd I'd rather see that. Aubameyang has been good, but we know Liverpool tend to play pretty close to the halfway line. So we could have someone with some pace, push them back, allow some space for the other guys. But I'd like to hear, Kevin, who, who do you think plays in the forward position?
1: I would. I just, honestly, I would love to see Fofana um play in the four position, and honestly, he should play from the left side. Um, the videos I've seen for him on uh you know the team he got him from it was a Molda, I believe Molda, Yep. Yeah. So he was he was attacking very well from the left side. So I would actually start him on the left side, put Kai in the middle, and Mount on the right. But Kai has license to free roam. Like you know, you want to get behind Fofana, make an overlapping run. You can do that. You want to do something on the right side. You can do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the streets would like to see that, but I think uh, Potter would play it safe and start with the most experience and, and he'll throw over an uh, opportunity, which, you know, he deserves it. I think in the Man City game, we came on, he was making the runs. He just literally wasn't receiving the pass. And that's, you know, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about Lukaku, and I can go into a whole conversation about that. But I believe our strikers need to get service, and when they get service, you know, you know, you think it could happen. You could probably, can probably get a brace against Liverpool. You know,
2: and and I'd love to see that if if that's what have ends up happening. Jackie, are you in in agreement with Yang? It makes the most
0: logical sense. I think that would be the best fit given our current uh, team who is available. But I would not be surprised if he finds a way to throw Mudrik in in those <laughs> uh, in the first few minutes then and find a way to squeeze him in. So I'll watch out for that. But that's the most logical
2: is to have Yang start. I mean I'd, I'd like to see Modric too but I would like to see him go up against Trent especially when Trent's played 65 70 minutes yep unleash Modric on him and let's see let's see what he can do but I think we're getting a little too excited with all these new <laughs> signings uh so let's jump into score predictions guys we've picked our starting 11 um uh, Jackie I'll, I'll go with you first what do you what do you see happening here in terms of the score I know you gave me the history. I know we've had a lot of positivity,
0: but I'm still struggling to get that positivity into me. I think a 1-1 is what's going to end up happening. I think both teams are going to try and cancel each other out, with, which is fine. Again, I think, like I said earlier, if we don't win, I wouldn't I wouldn't lose sleep over it. But I want to see us try. I want to
2: see us give it a good go and have a fun game. And 1-1 would be a fair result for me. All right. Kevin, before I, I ask you for your prediction, I'm going to give you another stat. This may sway your prediction the home team in this picture has just won three of the last seventeen Premier League games between Liverpool and Chelsea, drawn seven, lost seven by the home team. Although two of those have come at Anfield, with Liverpool winning two 0 in 2019 and five three in 2020. So now, what's your what's your score prediction?
1: Man, five three that would be fun. That's, that's, that's <laughs> here to there. Um, I think a calm one nil Chelsea win would suffice this weekend. Um, you know, we want the attack to, to look amazing, but I think 1-0 will, will, uh, will suffice and get some more points on the, on the table and make everybody a little bit
2: more uh, happier. Yeah, I, I don't know if the 1-0 would feel calm uh, for us watching, but at the end of it, I'm sure we'd feel pretty calm because we'd get the job done. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 to Chelsea. I think uh, with last weekend's win, with Mudrik coming in with, you know, some of the injured players back in training things look like they're on the up, but I don't want to want to speak too soon. So I'll go with the two one and and hopefully we'll get it done. Uh, Guys, it's a double header weekend for Liverpool Chelsea because the women also play Chelsea on, on Sunday. Uh, I beg your pardon. The women Chelsea women also play Liverpool on Sunday. And so that should be a fun and exciting game because they are the only team that has beaten the Chelsea women so far this season. Mm -hmm. Um, So it should be an exciting game and, uh, we should have a special guest on after that to review it. Uh, Jackie, actually, I haven't, I haven't even shared that with you, so it's it's a surprise for everyone, but definitely tune in, guys, to the next episode. Uh, before we wrap it up, Kevin, any parting thoughts? Man,
1: um, just uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. You've been um, a good voice for the Chelsea community. You know, it's been dope uh, having you guys going. Um Shout out to anybody I know that's watching this. I uh, appreciate the listen. And uh, yeah, go to Chelsea was win it all, was winning the Champions League this year,
2: And you heard it here, guys. Kevin's predicting a Champions League win come May, so uh, we'll be here to cover that. And and maybe Kevin, will, we'll, we'll might end up watching it together. You might be working though, uh, but we'll whatever, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can we can link up after, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll grab some drinks if that's what happens. Uh, Jackie, any thoughts from you? No, thank you for coming on,
0: Kevin. Honestly, you're sharing of your stories with. Anelka, Petr Cech, meeting some of those guys up on the fifth floor, I think was was a fun uh, memory lane jog, which was great. So thank you for coming on. It's been a real pleasure.
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot, it. Kevin. And guys, if you want to follow Kevin on Instagram, it's underscore K-V-N-Y-N-G. And Kevin, if I got there wrong, please correct me. Uh, drop him a follow. He's posting pictures with Burhalter, Maurice do the Champions League trophy. So uh, lots of cool stuff. And I think, Kevin, there might be another, and maybe you, you you could say no comment, but there might be another Champions League fan fest. Yeah, no
1: comment.
2: I can't comment. <laughs> yeah. All right, no worries. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier chelsea on all podcast providers. And if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram, so definitely drop us a follow. And, guys, if you're – we've noticed an uptake in listens, so please drop us a review so we can connect with other fans. Uh, Apple, Spotify both allow you to rate us, drop us a, a, a nice, kind review, uh, and we'll we'll continue to grow with uh, other Chelsea fans. But we'll be back. A big weekend in store, but we'll be back to review it for both the men and the women. Uh, but until then, stay safe and up the Chelsea.
0: Hey guys, the Premier Chelsea is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code, TPCOFFEE15, to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.